everybody. Welcome to Media Review Pod, a variety podcast of discussions, opinions, and interviews focusing on the entertainment side of media. My name is Richard Santiago, and you can find all our episodes by searching Media Review Pod wherever you download podcasts. And you can contact us by emailing at mediareviewpod at gmail.com. That's mediareviewepod at gmail.com. And joining me with splotchy, gooey red lips, from a far-off place inside the quantum world of DC, the capital, is JC Chang. Welcome back. Hello, hello. Oh, JC. Hmm. These are some trying times. Trying times. We're back. We're talking about the MCU. Last time we spoke about Wakanda Forever and some shows. And this time we are starting. Kicking off phase five. Uh, and something that I mentioned to you when we were texting the other day is that, because uh, you, you asked me about phase, phase four, remember? You said, how, how, how does it stack against the other ones? Blah, 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 blah. And I was a bit dismissive. And I want to correct that just a bit because I, I have to acknowledge that phase four kind of kept us going during the pandemic. Uh, it gave us some content to watch while we were at home. And so I commend it for that. But that's, that's it. That's all I wanted to say about phase four. Because honestly, I am still not convinced that phase four was any good. It did have its moments, but I don't know. It's, it, it just, it, it doesn't sit well with me. And I don't know if it's because of the regime during um, Bob Chapek's uh, uh, regime, or I don't know what it was. I don't know if they were asking to make a bunch of Marvel stuff quickly. And just to fill up space in Disney Plus, but I don't know. It's the magic is kind of gone, and I didn't want to say this, but to some point, Phase Four has taken me to this terrible, terrible place that I eventually reached with Star Wars, which was being jaded and not giving a shit about it. And so with phase five, I was hopeful that this phase would kind of brighten my prospect of what Marvel has in store. Um, we're going to get into that later, and I'm going to ask you about how you, how you felt about this quasi-transition between phase four and phase five but before before that have you been watching the last of us no i haven't okay i don't know the the apocalyptic zombie genre has never caught on to me yeah you know? yeah i'm not of a zombie guy <clears throat> either uh i tried watching the walking dead and it's just it's not for me uh but i do like shows or movie concepts that dwell with the aftermath that's why I love The Leftovers and um, 
St uh, Station Eleven. I don't know if you've seen that on HBO Max. It's fantastic. It's it's such a great show, so underrated, and it deals with the human part of it after after the thing happens, right? And so, yes, The Last of Us is a it has zombies, but it's not preoccupied so much with that. It's more of 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 how people are dealing with this terrible thing that happened. Uh, so if you get a chance, just check it out. At least the first three episodes. Episode three is a great short film, I would say. So if anything, just watch that because it's 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 really worth it. Um, is it not as serialized um, and more standalone episode episode? No, or? no. That one in particular is is kind of bodily to like a bottle episode. Um, mm -hmm. So you can probably watch it out of context. Yes. Hmm, okay. Uh, I heard there's some parallels between Pedro Pascal's character in this show and, and the Mandalorian. Is that right? Well, no, because he, he's hardly in the Mandalorian. So no. <laughs> <laughs> touche, touche. No, but yeah, yeah. Because there's the, the lone wolf and cub thing going on. Yeah. Uh, but aside from that, it's it's a like I said, it's a, it's a really well paced show about people dealing with a terrible thing that happened, and that's that's about it. That's about it. So that's that's a show that I can recommend. I think it's good. Uh, All right, I'll add it to my list. I still have to watch Severance. I know I told oh, you I was going to watch it like what two episodes ago. Oh man, yeah, I haven't gotten to it yet. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. Um, all right, so you know what? Enough chat. How about if we get into our feature? Let's talk about Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania. Okay, JC. So, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, is a film written by Jeff Loveness and directed by Peyton Reed. I'm going to read the uh, synopsis from IMDb because I didn't really have time to write one myself. Here we go. Scott Lang and Hope Van Dyne, along with Hank Pym and Janet Van Dyne, explore the quantum realm where they interact with strange creatures and embark on an adventure that goes beyond the limits of what they thought was possible. And with that, JC, without any spoilers, what do you think about Quantumania? You know, I got to say, I liked it better than I thought I would. Mm -hmm. uh, it's definitely a movie... That's not perfect and has, you know, its problems, uh, yeah. like so many of recent Marvel movies, unfortunately. Um, but I was overall entertained when I walked out. I was like, okay, this was fun. Uh, um, fun in a way that you would feel after watching a Transformers movie. Not a Marvel movie, though. So mm. uh, it's kind of how I felt. Um, 
I think there's some nice character moments uh, that, you know, that were featured. Um, Jonathan Majors was fantastic, you know, as Kang, this new villain that we're supposed to be stuck with for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt like he could have been better, given better content to work with, though. I don't know. I, I wasn't too sold on just how scary and powerful Kang was supposed to be. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, we'll talk more about that when we get into spoilers, but you know, but at the same time, I'm excited. I, I liked his performance as he who remains. It was actually enthralling. It had to be given that he was just sitting there and talking and you had to be, you know, basically sucked into this conversation between three people for like, I think it was 15 minutes or something like that, mm-hmm. which is a good part of the show. Yep. So, um, think great casting as always so at least marvel's keeping up with the casting quality um i you know i i like i said i thought that the movie the movie probably should have been called kang or something i i feel like the movie was more about kang than it was about ant-man mm-hmm. to be honest or the wasp um <laughs> or the wasp oh yeah I, I forgot the movie was called ant-man and the wasp my bad <laughs> absolutely um the you know uh, Michael Douglas and Michelle Pfeiffer, I think, had had more words spoken in this movie than um, than Hope. Um, her sorry, actress name escapes me right Eva- now. Evangeline, um, Lily. thank you, Evangeline Lilly uh, had lines. So, uh, yeah, don't know what happened there. Uh, maybe it's possible. You know, they wanted to lessen her her I guess her role in the movie because of some you know real world. Um, views that she holds with anti-vaccine and all that and political stuff, but I don't know. What about you? So like I said, this is Marvel's kickoff of Phase 5. And I'm going to tell you right off the bat, if this is the way that Marvel is going to go forward, if this is a prelude to what's in store for us, this is terrible, dude. It's just, I have no idea how they thought that this movie could s- start a new phase. Well, all right. Was I entertained, like you said? Yeah. Yeah, I, I think. Maybe. It's, 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 um, mm, I'm torn. I'm torn. I'm really, really torn. Because, like I told you before, uh, I enjoy the Ant-Man movies. I know there are there are people who, who really don't like them, but I enjoy them. They are fun. They are funny. They have a specific humor, very different from the other Marvel stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, different from things like the quippiness of Iron Man or... Or the stupidness of Thor right now, or or even the Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, this movie is just devoid of any charm, because I think that the character of Scott Lang is very charming, uh, and the fact yeah. that it's that it's uh, it's it, both movies, the first two movies are are buddy movies. He has his his, mm-hmm. his, yep. his entourage, right? And then this, they kind of stripped everything 
I don't know if it's because um, Paul Rudd wasn't even involved in the script, or I don't know. I don't know what happened, but no, I a, don't think he was. I, so yeah, in the previous two movies, he did script doctoring, but I don't think he did it. For yeah, yeah, he's not even credited. So okay, so when I left the theater, I felt okay. Um, this was a movie. I think it was a movie because it, it feels like it feels like. 20 things all at once. It feels like, okay, so it's the start of this new thing, right? This this phase five, which honestly, I think this movie is probably four or five films too late. You know, this movie, I think, should have come right after Loki. But putting that aside, yeah. this movie also wants to introduce us to this new quantum realm, right? Which is retcon world but whatever we'll get into we'll get into spoilers for that um and then it's also a movie about family dynamics which the other previous two movies did fantastically well and then this one it for me it just falls short um mm -hmm. i enjoyed kang but like you said it they, they i think like they're they are Wasting Jonathan Majors in a in a major way, pun intended, um, because it looks like he has so much to give, but they're not giving him the thing. Um, there are moments that are incredibly funny, but they are few and very far apart. And then by the end of the movie, I left thinking. This feels like, like it wants to be like a like the preview of something, and they just extended it to its unlogical end, and then just gave it to us. So the more I think about this movie, the less I'm inclined to like it. No, I I, I totally agree with you. Like I walked out of the theater feeling like, oh, this is pretty entertaining. Uh, but then as time went on, the same thing as Love and Thunder, like the the little is the issues here and there start becoming much more glaring. And um, you know, I don't I I still think the critics were too harsh on this movie as a whole. I don't think it's by far Marvel's worst. Mm -hmm. Um Thor the Dark World probably holds yeah, or Eternals. Um or Black Widow, one of those movies Hulk. probably holds that distinct the incredible dishonor. Hulk. Or yeah, the Hulk. Yeah, the incredible Hulk. But uh you know, I felt like, yeah, it gets worse as you think more about it. And it probably gets worse based, you know, after each rewatch. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Look, if we would have made this podcast yesterday, because we were scheduled to make it yesterday, I would have probably been a bit more, um, I don't know, nicer, a, a, a bit nicer to the movie. But I just, I keep thinking about stuff that just, uh, it, it, it doesn't mesh. Um, so yeah, so that's those are my feelings. Those are my initial feelings about about Quantumania. So how about if we get into? No, I'm curious to go back and listen to Love and Thunder. Be like, <laughs> oh, are we actually nicer at, with this movie than than it deserved? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you know, what? we did it pretty quick, like soon after. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, I think that with that movie, I think we were so bummed out with multiverse of madness that when that movie came out 
the Love and Thunder. It's like, oh, okay, all right. I uh, this was fun. Uh, but yeah, Phase Four. In terms of script, I don't know, man. I don't know. What kind of forever? Flaws and all. I I think at least what kind of forever has something to say. At least that movie has something to say. This one. Well, it had it had a character arc, Richard. Yeah. Unlike this one. Yeah. They had they had several. Characters. Or multiverse of madness. Yeah. Right. All right, dude. Let's get into spoilers. Okay. So <clears throat> this there were some script issues here. I'm I'm pretty sure that. They they wrote something and then during production they had to rewrite a bunch of stuff and this movie kept on changing right until before it came out because that's how it felt. It felt so unfinished. Yeah. It felt so rushed. And like you said, there weren't any character arcs at all. It starts the same way it ends. It, yeah. Uh, Oh, okay, all right. So I want to I want to talk about things that I liked, which aren't that much. So, um, so the fact that he wrote a book this is will awesome. be short. Is <laughs> him writing a book is fun. That's funny. Uh, and I I think I I read that that book is coming out. They're gonna publish it. Yeah, they're making a real book. Oh, there you go. There you go. Confirmed by our Marvel connoisseur, J C Chang, right here on the Media Review Pod. Uh, what else? Uh, I, I, I really enjoyed Michelle Pfeiffer. I think she's the bright light in this movie. And honestly, if we were to spend a little bit more time when she was in the quantum world, I wouldn't mind because I think, I think that was probably the most interesting part of the movie when she was stuck in there with Kang. Um, but speaking of, yeah, just make the entire movie that flashback. Yeah, and yeah. it would be great, <laughs> right? Uh, it, yeah, because Ant Man and the Wasp don't do anything in this movie, so whatever, whatever. Um, what else? I'm just, I'm just going through. The th- Let me see what else. The goo thing was funny. The holes. There were there were sparks of Paul Rudd in in there somewhere, like when he was thinking about. The holes, and this guy says he has seven holes, and he's kind of counting in his mind. But other than that, man, uh, I don't know. They they tried to make his relationship with his daughter the thing, the core that anchors the movie, but it just felt flat. There weren't any stakes, and then by the end, nothing happens. No one dies. Nothing monumental happens. Just think about this movie ending with either Ant-Man back there or or even his daughter, if, if his daughter gets stuck in the quantum realm. What they did with the daughter totally grinds my gears, right? Yeah. Um, it's not the same girl they were using, you know, in Endgame, who I thought was fantastic, even in that scene alone. Catherine Newton, she just didn't have the charisma needed for this role, I feel like. It, it, just, it just fell flat to me. Especially when you put her opposite of Paul Rudd, it absolutely shows, right? And doesn't leave a lot, I feel like, for Paul Rudd to play off of. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I think I think 
we're also bumping against the script because if you think about that scene when they are uh, having dinner or lunch or whatever, that that dinner scene that they have together, they have a really nice family dynamic there and she's fine. She's fine there. It's just when the movie keeps going, they they don't give her much to do and what they give her is just so cliched all everything she says i think the only thing that she does that's kind of out of out of the norm is when she goes up to darren and tells him don't be a dick uh but that's about it yeah they didn't give her a lot to do to be honest i mean yeah you know she had to put on the suit at some point mm-hmm. and then i guess that man will pass on to her or they're gonna bring her in for new avengers or whatever but still it's like i don't know not excited to see her again yeah. From what I've seen. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So let's talk about hope. Well, I, so so yeah, I guess yeah. now that we're talking about it, I think the biggest problem here is so, you know, what was charming about about Scott, I think, in, in all the previous Marvel movies was mm-hmm. he was kind of playing this fish out of water character. Right. He was always thrown into these situations where he's totally outclassed. Right. Mm-hmm. Having to fight against Iron Man and, and you know, half of the Avengers or, you know, having to go up against Thanos and all that. But then I don't think it works when you have two fish out of waters in that same situation. Because, like, you you kind of see Scott trying to acclimate, but you also try to, you see Cassie try to acclimate too, and it doesn't work as well. Mm-hmm. You know, it just seems repetitive, which I think is the overall theme here. There's a lot of repetitive story elements. Um, you know, we haven't talked about the ending, which is you have the the nondescript melee army versus the the rebels, which we've seen already in uh, Ragnarok. We've seen it already to, a, to, to an extent in Love and Thunder, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can't, there's some other movies I'm sure we've seen it too, or TV shows, but you know, that you can only do that so many times where it's like, whatever, yeah. And why does she have to give the rousing speech? She's not even from there. Yeah. What, what was no. that all about? Why do they follow her? I mean, she's been there like what, two days, and now she's all for the cause. <sighs> give me a break. They should have had the whole alien dude give the rousing speech. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, so, it's, okay, so it's Ant Man and the Wasp. Let's start with the Ant Man part of it. So, what are Ant Man's powers aside from shrinking? Uh, Growing big. Yeah, growing big. And Scott Lang is a really good thief. Yeah, the idea is he was supposed to steal this engine, even though it, wasn't, it didn't it's, belong to anybody that, that at the time. That was so shoehorned in there. <laughs> it's, yeah. Come on. Ant-Man was kind, kind of sidelined because all he's doing is looking for his daughter. And that's the other thing. They split up the crew. Hank and, and, and Michelle Pfeiffer... They're doing their thing, and Scott and his daughter are doing this other thing, and then Hope is kind of the fifth wheel doing nothing. Well, she's pissed at her mom the entire time. That's <laughs> that's really about it, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, she is kind of right because her mom basically had this really important secret about this terrible guy, and she never said a thing. Not a good move. Not a good move. Uh, not only that, she didn't say a thing about anything 
in the quantum realm. I mean, there's literally a, a, a universe down there. Different creatures and animals. And yeah. She could have said, have you seen the Clone Wars? Well, it's like that. It's like, it's exactly <laughs> like that. <laughs> Dude, that color palette was terrible. It, uh, I don't know. It was so... Yeah, Geonosis, man. It, I've seen it so many times. And it it doesn't it it made me feel like we were watching CG from the beginning of the 21st century because the Clone Wars. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Attack of the Clones, yeah. exactly. Attack of the Clones. And, and and the other thing about this movie is that we spent probably 95 percent of it down there, and it just yeah. feels like the actors were. Surrounded by either the volume or green screen, it this yeah, and that's what's so cool about the other ones that they feel they're in the real world. They they, they in the real world they feel tactile. They're there. They're part of San Francisco, and this one is just generic alien landscape. And I mentioned this was a, a very red Connie movie. Um. Because it goes from the in, in the quantum realm, there's nothing, right? You can't even breathe, right? Quote unquote, you can't even breathe there. To to then, oh no no, um, Janet is yeah. is stuck. She's stuck down there, and she survived putting some uh, some Jawa clothes on, and that's that's how she survived, right? Uh, but that's it. And then now. There's not only a tribe of quantum dwellers, uh, which and and I assume they're not the look only like ones. human. And then yeah, yeah, and they're humans. Yeah, that's the other thing. They're humans, right? There's also this terrible guy down there who has destroyed multiple universes, but Janet doesn't say anything. Yeah, it's a little bit hard of a sell, huh? Um, I was really hoping to to like this movie, and the more I think about it, the, the less I, the less I, I, I'm getting angry just talking about it with you. <laughs> All right, let's. So, so I think we were talking about what we liked about the. Movie. Oh yeah, shit! So I let's forgot. Go back, let's go back to that. <laughs> All right, yeah, go ahead. You, you um, go. You go. I I actually really liked. For all the ridiculousness of how he looked, I really like Darren, aka Modoc. Now, like, I didn't expect that. I thought, I thought it was, it was gonna be hokey. Yeah. It was hokey, but like they kind of embraced the hokiness of the character, and uh, I, I actually liked it. I don't know if I buy the redemption arc. Yeah, speaking about that, I think that's the only character that has an actual arc in the movie, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, so, so you were saying you don't buy the the redemption arc? Uh, I don't know. I feel like it could have been done better. Um, I think they could have explained a little bit more, like use the the pim particles or like the fake pim particles he was making as like, oh, you know, that was making him more crazy in the whole Modoc suit and that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, I also wasn't very explained very well why he was helping Kang. Uh, I felt like they could have gotten more into that. Like, oh, yeah, he's, you know, Kang wants him to develop pin particles because he's done it before, right? Uh -huh. So that kind of thing. Um, 
yeah, maybe more time with with Modok since the other characters are so boring. Oh my god, just cut all the the Bill Bill Murray scene. Gee, <laughs> that was such a waste of screen time. <laughs> well, it was good because my kids whatever. my kids recognized him from Groundhog Day, so that's a win for me. Hmm. That was going to be blockbuster or Ghostbusters, but uh, okay. Groundhog yeah, they haven't Day. seen Ghostbusters. It's, it's oh, you got to let them see it. Yeah, it's it's in the it's in the thing. It's in the queue. They'll watch it. They'll watch it. It's just they we watched Groundhog Day a couple weeks ago, actually during Groundhog Day, because they hadn't seen it. Nice. Yet. So that's that's why they recognized him. And oh, and we the, so the day before we saw Ant Man and the Wasp: Quantum Mania, we watched. Batman Returns. So they also recognized Michelle Pfeiffer from, from that. Mm. Movie. Uh, but she yeah, so, very well. So let's the, very, very well. well. She's CG aged well. Yeah. Yeah. Cause <laughs> trust me, trust me. They, they're, they're, they might not be getting real work done, but they're getting work done in BFX. <laughs> trust me. Trust me. Yeah. Uh, okay, so let's talk a bit a little bit about Kang. Uh, I, 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 the only thing I know about Kang is what I saw in Loki and what you told me, right? And so I was really pumped because what what we saw, well, at least the way I felt, what we saw in Loki was incredible. It was a a, a really good introduction to a character. And a very good promise of what was to come. And that's why I said this movie, I think, is probably several films too late. Because we were left hanging with that Kang stuff. And if you didn't see Loki, you are so lost. You have no clue what's going on. And that... that um. That desire to see what's gonna go on with Kang just fizzled out, and and, and again, it's because do you think do you think that because uh, they they did do the scene again where they talk about the timelines and all that? You feel like that wasn't enough to like catch people up to you know how this whole multiverse thing works? Sure, but it worked better in Loki. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. The entire show was about that. Yeah. I mean, sure, it's it was fine that they did it again in a very protracted manner, but they did it a lot better in Loki. That's the thing. Uh, and in Loki, yeah. they introduced terms like incursions and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, and and uh, what was it? Uh, different versions of yourself. And then here they they do explain it, but it's not as great, not as compelling the way they do it. Yeah. And then this guy I is mean, so so the whole thing. Uh, there is a theory, you know, out there. I don't know if I buy into it, but um, what we could be seeing is a a past version of He Who Remains. You know that this is like part of his previous timeline before he won. Mm-hmm. So I don't know, but I totally agree that I think like just in too much time. Not all, well, okay, not too much time because, funnily enough, if you look back, the setup to the payoffs. I think we talked about this before. The setup of setup to the payoffs between a you know 
a stinger in a Marvel Marvel project and the payoff usually is about two years, which is it's been less than two years since Loki. Let's be real. Mm-hmm. Only thing is, there's just been way too many projects in that's, between that's where it thing. feels like we haven't revisited it. It's been like you know yeah. ten MCU or like you know like like ten MCU weeks already or something yeah. like that of yeah. content, right? So, yeah, no, I agree. It should have been Loki, then boom, Quantumania. Yeah. That would have been amazing. And and uh, Doctor Strange just take that that uh, multiverse of madness thing out because there's hardly any multiverse in that movie. It's very distracting. <laughs> Very false advertisement. Well, this movie was falsely advertised too. You you didn't watch any of the trailers, right? No, no, no. What what was the what was the thing in the trailers? So in the trailer, you, it made it feel like Scott's motivation for doing what he's going to be doing yeah. for Kang is because he wants to get that time with Cassie back, which would have been so much more compelling huh. as a motivation versus oh I I I need to do this so he doesn't kill my daughter. Yeah, if they stuck with that, I feel like it, going back to what you were talking about with like you know this script being reworked over and over again. Yeah, I feel yeah. like there's a version where that was the motivation. Yeah, I, yeah, that would have been much better movie, much yeah. more personal. Would go you know, and I think more on brand for the character motivations that we're used to for Marvel. But instead, it became very cliche. Yeah, <clears throat> don't yeah. kill my daughter. I'll do this. I want to see that movie. Yeah, I want to, you want to. I feel like this is the problem with like recent Marvel projects. It's like they were they're advertising a project that's better than what they deliver. How about if we if we call up Kevin Feige or Bob Iger? Let's call, let's speed, call speed dial. Let's call Bobby. Let's call Bobby Iger and and say, "Hey, my guy, how about?" And I'm just throwing it out there, but how about if we just take a step back? recalibrate you know think about it let's slow down maybe two movies in a year maybe and maybe one marvel show or two right i think that's enough no no two shows and werewolf by night that's that's, yeah that would be good two shows and a special and a special yeah yeah that works that works yeah no, but well, so so interestingly enough, right? Even I think it was a red carpet interview or one of the the you know the pressers that Kevin was doing um, for Ant Man. He actually did admit that they are going to slow down on the TV show. Oh, good. They didn't say they're going to slow down the movies. They said they're going to slow down the TV shows. Okay, let's talk a little bit of, a little bit more about Kang. Okay, because like I was saying before, I was really looking forward to this character, and. After this movie and the way it ended, I'm not impressed. Not impressed at all. They say he's the conqueror, right? They say he's done these terrible things. But then, what? Ant-Man kicks his ass? (laughs) Not Ant-Man. It was a bunch of ants kick his ass. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, right, yeah. A bunch of super highly technologically advanced days back in the ants. Kicked his ass. Look, I don't mind a Deus Ex Machina if it works like the Rohirrim in in Helm's Deep. That that works fantastic, right? And 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 not only that, 
they they are both planted, so they are kind of a payoff. But this one here is just so anticlimactic. Anticlimactic. Why? Because we don't give a shit about those ants. So when they show up, it's all right, cool. Ants, smart ants, are here. Okay, I guess. They should have made him made the lead ant Antony from the first movie. Remember the remember the ant he <laughs> yeah, was riding on? He yeah, called but, it Antony. Yeah, but Antony died. That would be great. Did he die? Yeah. Then he just fell into the quantum realm. <laughs> Wait, so you're saying that Darren, aka the what? The B? The <laughs> The, okay, what's it? What was the, his character? The, um, wasn't the wasp? What was? No, it's a bumblebee. <laughs> the hornet. I the... forgot. It... <laughs> hornet. Hornet. Uh... <laughs> Yellow jacket. Yellow. Yellow jacket. Okay. 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 So Darren, you're saying that Darren, aka Yellow Jacket, shot him not with a bullet, but with a quote unquote Hank Pym bullet. And then Anthony just vanished into the quantum realm. Into the quantum realm. Yep. I mean, all right. I don't. I don't remember how he died, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I well, rewatch well, it. I've seen it several times, and I know that that he gets shot. He gets shot. Um, oh. And it's and it's a very. It's okay. It's Marvel. We could bring him back. It's a very poignant scene. It's very sad. It gives. Scott a purpose to keep on fighting. So yeah. so I am totally against reviving Anthony. But we can still call some other an Anthony, Anthony the second, right? Yeah. It's his son. Like the Pharaohs. Oh, speaking of Pharaohs, dude. <laughs> That's a great segue. I know where you're going already. <laughs> All right. So oh, so Go ahead. I, so Go ahead. I know I know that there are Many versions of Kang, right? And we go into the, the the Council of Kangs, right? But when I saw that pharaoh, it just gave me apocalypse vibes. And it, that's not good, man. That's not good at all. It gave me Mummy Returns vibes. Oh, man. Emotep? Scorpion King. <laughs> Wow. Oh, that scene. That scene was one of those credit scenes where one of the very few where I'd be like, you probably shouldn't have made this. Because there's a when you, when you got folks who are already skeptical about the multiverse thing, and then you do this where you where you kill the versions, kill the version, you know, that we've been stuck with this entire film. Mm -hmm. And then uh, at the very mid credit show, like there's a ton of these guys. It's like, why do I even care about this mm -hmm. character? Why do I even care that Kang is all, um, you know, horrible and, and yeah, whatnot? I, I agree. You know, so, so, are are the next films is is uh, the Dynasty of Kang gonna be many Kangs fighting against the Avengers, and then it doesn't matter. This sounds that like they, it. I that they know. keep killing Kangs. Not. There's always someone, some other Kang behind that Kang. Ah. Well, so, I mean, if we take a step back to Loki, right, he already kind of explains, hey, there's like worse versions of me out there and I beat them, right? But then if you kill me, then they're all going to come back. Mm -hmm. That's how it works, right? 
And obviously they kill him, so all these kings are back. Um, yeah, I don't know. Is it because it, it, it's like why would all the Avengers be fighting Kangs? More importantly, why would I care, right? If they're all just fighting, you know, thousands of Jonathan Majors, um, as cool as that would be to see. But yeah, um, I don't know. Uh, so here, here's my biggest problem with the Marvel problem. Like, I think, I think how I would diagnose Marvel's problem right. Now. You need a you need to fire the fucking Rick and Morty writers man <laughs> like i i know you don't watch rick and morty but but if you i watch I, rick and morty uh, look i i'm aware that at least the the writer for this one was involved with rick and morty and then yeah jeff love jeff love this and and michael waldron waldron who did multiverse of madness and loki um you know they're all from rick and morty mm-hmm. and there's so many elements of it in this exact movie, like after I those, when I was done with this movie, I was like, I just watched a live action Rick and Morty episode. That was my first reaction because that's exactly how it goes, right? Like you, you have these zany adventures, and then, and then, you know, they also have the Council of Rick, <laughs> the Council of Ricks, which is actually a homage off the of Council of Kang. So they got that from the comics. But uh, and I don't know. It just there's some elements there. It just doesn't work. In live action, I feel like. Or at least make the character designs better. I don't know. So after this ending, what are what are the stakes? And I'm not talking about the stinger. I'm talking about uh, Ant-Man is fighting Kang. He, 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 he's almost dead. And then the Wasp comes in, saves the day. And then Kang, quote unquote, dies by being sucked into that orb. So what are I I'm still I'm still not clear as to what what the stakes are because it, nothing happened in the movie. They got sucked into the quantum multiverse of madness or whatever and then they got spit out and then that's it. They're the same people. Yeah, I mean the same people that left came back. The only thing yeah. that that tells the, me that something changed is that Scott is questioning himself whether what he did was right or wrong that's it everything else is still the same and and that that doesn't give me um enough confidence in 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 this story arc because if if they are heading into what we talked about then whatever i'm not that's not really interesting well so I felt like this movie kind of stood in the place of Loki for folks who don't watch the Disney Plus TV shows mm -hmm. for those, you know, viewers, because Kang, the Conqueror version, makes this exact same argument. That there are worse versions of me out there. And if you get rid if you don't let me go back, really, really bad things are going to happen. Exact same argument that he who remains made, which is you kill me, terrible things are going to happen. Mm -hmm. So. In that sense, it was repetitive to us. But I guess for your average moviegoer, it might be the first time that they've seen it. But yeah, I don't know what the stakes are, to be honest. Like they're gonna, there's gonna be a multiversal war. But herein lies the problem, right? Which is, do I? Why do I care about these other universes, or why do I even care about this current timeline now, right? If there are multiple timelines and versions out there, what is my investment in this timeline? Which I'm starting to wonder. Like, 
where and, and that starts to be like what's my investment in this franchise they they speak about all these all these universes right and they they're getting destroyed left and right so it, it makes me think are we watching is is this movie in in the the universe that we've seen already or is this movie in another universe that we haven't even seen and that's why this kang is dead i is it possible that mm. that i don't know like shang chi was in a different universe and that's the other thing we haven't even heard anything about the rings those rings yeah are, i thought thought the trailer like I, when they show like the his i don't know his little city with the rings i was like oh you know we see in the trailer i thought it was gonna be a setup okay. Okay. so once again we gotta wait i don't know how many more years to for shan chi to show up again what what about eternals that's another movie that hasn't gone anywhere Yeah, you if you want like a list of the threads that have been set up, it's 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 a ridiculous list. Right. <laughs> Isn't there like a, a a one of those giants sticking out of the ocean that hasn't even been mentioned? Yeah, there's a giant sticking out of the ocean. Um Earth is still impending doom because the celestial is about to you know, the judging whether or not to to destroy the earth and everything everyone living on it. Um so a lot of a lot of unraveling to do still. So are we watching are we watching our our normal uh uh Infinity Saga timeline or or universe or I don't know. Maybe that's the out, right? If if phase five is absolute crap, it's like, oh wait, this wasn't <laughs> our universe the whole time. Oh well well DC's doing that, so I don't know. I know, to be honest, I'm actually I'm actually more excited about upcoming DC projects than I am. About what's coming for Marvel, which, you know, we'll see if that changes. But yeah. uh, that's how I feel right now. Which is crazy, because I'm supposed to be your big Marvel fan. But wait, weren't you a DC fan before you were a Marvel fan? Yes, I was. Okay. Good memory. Yeah. Okay, all right, yeah. so there you go. I, I, I started with the DC Comics and the Bruce Tim animated shows, so I guess it's returning to my roots. All right. But yeah, no, I mean, I think just to, you know, kind of summarize the feel of... of Phase four and five is, I think Marvel needs to give us a reason to care again. Yeah, and that and that all goes back to the script. Just work on those scripts, and don't don't start production until they're ready, because I know that they're working toward a, a specific date, right? They 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 put pins on these dates and they say this is when it has to come out, but then. Like in this one, it just didn't feel like the script's ready. No, and and they did this whole lead up. We didn't talk. We hadn't. We didn't talk about this, but this entire movie, even before the move, you know, the movie, the trailers suggested that Scott was going to meet his end in this movie, right? Huh. Like he was in a very dire situation. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. Know, I don't think you saw the. So trailers, you know what I'm going to do? Here's like what, this entire movie, I thought he was going to die. Here's what I'm going to do. Here's what I'm going to do. So. The next time we do this, after I watch the movie, I'm gonna I'm gonna see I'm gonna take a look at the at the at the marketing things that they did, and then we'll, we mm -hmm. can talk about that. Well, I mean, so you know, the point I was trying to make was 
Imagine how impactful this movie really would have been, though, if Scott actually died. Yeah. If they actually had the courage to do that mm-hmm. in that scene. Or, or forget dying. Just leave him in the quantum realm. Yes. Right? Yes. Like, just strand him there instead of having, some, again, another Deus Ex Machina having them come out, like, immediately after. Getting rid of any sense of, of whatever impact that scene is supposed to have. Mm-hmm. Or any sense of stakes. That was the big part where I was like, it, that lost me there. I was like, all right. It just went from... A, okay, a pretty good oh good movie to like just a whatever okay movie. all right jc how can people around the globe find you in social media or however you want to be found yeah tweet me on twitter jury jc chang they'll have it for now we'll see how it goes right. <laughs> instagram uh, yeah very big bird zero six that would be my instagram handle all right and you can find us on twitter and facebook at Media Review Pod, that's Media R-E-V-U-E Pod. You can send us emails, questions with comments and suggestions to MediaReviewPod at gmail.com. Please don't forget to subscribe to our feed and rate and review the pod with five beautiful stars. JC, thank you so much for coming again. We'll see each other with Guardians 3. We'll keep in touch. And to our listeners out there, remember not to make a quantum portal. Don't hide important plot points to your family. And of course, don't forget to breathe. Till next time, have a good one. Bye-bye.